serious. Then I will break you. Hulk smash! You really adopted the dark. I could do this all day. Welcome to the Tide Run Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Bethay, joined today by two good friends of mine, William Lindblad and Daniel Kaneda, for Title Theory, our nerdy corner of the Title Run universe. Well, I say universe, really more like a fiefdom. Um, <laughs> where we discuss things nerdy and things that we find personally interesting. William, tell the people what's up. Hey, everybody. And Kaneda, tell the people what's up. Greetings. Malcontent over here. So, uh, Kaneda has a really great YouTube channel and Facebook page called The Board Observer. I've been following his stuff for years. He likes to pick fun at political discussions and political theories on both sides of the aisle, and he's very, very good at it with his wit and his uh, his satirical insights. So, make sure you check out his page and his YouTube channel, please. That would be a personal favor to me. So, I don't expect him to plug it, but I'm going to. And uh, he is a long, long time friend. So if you're new to the show, please follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and email us, titlerunsports at gmail.com. So we're about a week late, but the Snyder Cut has arrived with varying different degrees of excitement. Kaneda, you were just mentioning that, how uh, you have like the diehard Snyder fans that are very, very excited about it. And then you have some that are just kind of meh. So um, starting off overall, just kind of give this a grade compared to the first movie. And first of all, maybe we should start with this. What were your thoughts on the original? Just really briefly. I, for one, liked it. I thought it was, you know, guiltless popcorn pleasure. And that was about the extent of it. I didn't think a lot about it. William, what were your t- what was your take on the original? I, I think it kind of boils down to what Kaneda was talking about a little while ago with, like, my amount of investment is, is minimal in the yeah. DC universe because it's so haphazardly put together compared to Marvel that uh, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't particularly like it as one of the better installments in the DCEU. Um, I thought it was kind of knowing all of the things that went into it, starting with Snyder, having him leave the project and then Joss Whedon coming in and like slicing and dicing, Frankensteining what was left yeah, um, and giving it to us that way. It was like you said, it's popcorn fare. It's, it's serviceable for what it was. Um, I do think this is an improvement because it's, it brings back a little more of the artistry to it, I think, than Joss Whedon would have allowed with sort of the, I can't get too serious without throwing in a joke to to <laughs> ruin things Sweden. so what do you think of the original it's weird because i think i think i might have seen it once or twice yeah same um, thing. and i don't think it aged well hmm. and i would watch bits and clips and, and i would obviously and i'm also influenced by what other people have said you know because right. You know, it's kind of like it's one of those where it's like, yeah, I didn't see, I don't agree with that take. Or if I really agreed with someone else's take, it kind of made, you know, it kind of, you know, filled in the gaps a little bit. Um, I think it just got worse with age, and and for some reason, I think Batman versus Superman got better with age for me. Like I hmm. didn't, I don't, I didn't recall liking it a lot. Uh-huh. I thought it was okay, but then I think like the extended rated R version was way better. Right. It, it, kinda, it was a big improvement. Mm-hmm. It swung me around. And it's funny. It's there's a, a, a comedian, uh, Patrice O'Neill, uh, God rest his soul. Um, he was on Opie and Anthony show. And there was this they're talking about movies. And he said face off was really good. And then it, the co-host, Jim Norton, another comedian said, I'll throw my coffee in your face. And he goes, what? It was a good movie. He starts to laugh. 
because he starts to realize this is not really a good movie. And then he starts <laughs> aiming some of the ludicrous things like, I'm going to take my face off. <laughs> and then halfway through it, and Jip Patrice laughs. He goes, oh my God, that movie stuck. And so I think that's kind of the same thing with Justice League is yeah. what they say. <laughs> and it's just like, you knew, uh, there were things that I was watching that I was kind of, saying oh okay or like oh that was okay but then as it aged and as other people said that was really bad i was like wow that really is really bad it's almost like you know it's almost like your friends trying to talk you out of a bad relationship and they start bringing up really good points and so like i think it maybe started with the the mustache the fake mustache kind of did it for me yeah and then i was like uh the witty the witty josh whedon banter i was like yeah that's kind of and i was just like as time went on, I was like, no, nah, no, nah, this isn't good. This really isn't good. Okay, I have to say this, and we'll come back to this later. Two of my favorite lines in the movie were cut out in the Snyder Cut, and they should have been added back. I'll tell you what they were later. But there were two legitimately good lines that he cut out that I was like, no, that needed to stay in the movie. All right. Um, I think for me, there like was I said, one that did that definitely got cut and should have been. And yeah. So back. we'll see if we're thinking the same thing there. But um, yeah, it, this just to jump in, this is definitely a better movie, without question. The plot is so much more coherent there are a number of things that just like just a quick one we're gonna talk about this in more detail but the whole story behind superman's resurrection and even understanding how the mother boxes work it's like yeah oh this makes so much more sense how cyborgs became cyborg like it was not really explained it was done in like a three minute flashback and it gets fleshed out and added a lot more to the character in the story so definitely an improvement not without its flaws but definitely an improvement um Compared to the first movie, I guess if I gave the first movie like a C, because like I said, I enjoyed it, but I knew it. Well, in Canada, you nailed it. I knew it wasn't really that good, but I was like, oh, this is entertaining. I like it. I don't yeah, really have any yeah. more expectations. Yeah, it's like, yeah, superheroes, they flashy stuff, you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah. I'm here for Aquaman. Yeah, Aquaman yeah. And, and see, Aquaman and Flash were characters that surprised me with how entertaining they were. And I was like, I would see more of them and I want to see more of them. And so I was good with it. But like, yeah, I mean, if that movie is a C minus, uh, and, you know, as far as plot and everything, but like entertainment value, I'd give it a B, but it's probably like a C minus movie. This movie's probably a B, B plus. It's what I would probably grade. I don't know if y'all agree or disagree with yeah, that. I agree. So yeah. um, let me ask you this. What were the things that were better that made this movie better? What changes were better? Kennedy, you can go first in this one. I think that one thing overall is long form. Um, I think people... Okay. They might not put up with long form in the theater, but I think they yeah. can put up with it in in um, in streaming. Yeah. I think we found out what Lord of the Rings would look like if Warner Brothers <laughs> had said, no, Peter Jackson, we need you to do this in one movie. <laughs> the, the, uh, directed by Joss Whedon. Um, yeah. So I feel like the long form... What, what made it better was, wow, I don't know that much about Cyborg. The first time I was, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a normie when it comes to a lot of Justice League stuff. In DC. I agree with that. Me too. But, Other than Batman and Superman, I mean. Right. And so the first time I was introduced to Cyborg was the cartoon. And I never really yep. watched the cartoon. And so now I'm, expe I'm expected to have reverence or I'm supposed to think that this character is really cool in the, in, mm -hmm. the, in the Justice League version. And then I'm like, okay, he's kind of a moody dude. But he actually has a really interesting backstory. Yes. He has a really complicated uh, relationship with his father, um, mm. which is interesting because 
it just seems like you know this all these superheroes have daddy issues and mommy issues and yeah stuff. i Martha. thought that was really good yeah <laughs> uh, i've already seen the godzilla kong martha uh meme so it's amazing um <laughs> why did you say that name um and so i think they toned down the flash he's gone from i want to kill you um i hope your legs break to oh you're kind of quirky and annoying but it's it's not He's quirky to a point where he's not too sweet. He's not, okay. it's not, it's not, it's just the right amount of sugar, not, not enough to make you diabetic. I thought the flash <laughs> was a lot better. Um, he didn't, he didn't make me roll my eyes as he did in, 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 in Justice League. Um, and I think Aquaman's character was kind of, I, I liked him a little better. He was a little more stoic in this one. Yeah. A little more jaded. Whereas, I guess just they just I guess just exercising the Josh Whedonness out of that universe really did it some you know lack of a better term justice because that's just that's that that's not the DCEU is not a happy go lucky popcorn universe. It's really Lord not. no. And William and I talk about this, and we said this for years. But and what can can add you? This is you and I have watched plenty of animated movies together to know DC's animated movies wipe the floor with marbles it's not even close red hood is incredible like return of the dark knight like those are incredible and and the thing is they're all serious they're dark but not unnecessarily dark so like we know we all know the killing joke was a disaster because they tried to make it dark for the sake of making it dark and it didn't work when you have material that's naturally adult and you do justice to that material it comes out fantastic the court of owls all those so good and so I wish that there was a way that they could take that and take the same seriousness and bring it to the screen without it just being brooding and moody. Well, they can. They do it with fandom films on YouTube. <laughs> it's true. They they do it better than than a lot of movie companies. And they have for years. They have like I remember Alien, a uh, Batman versus Alien and Predator. Hmm. Um, it's on YouTube, the Bat Sun uh, YouTube channel. An amazing, like amazing performance by Batman and Joker, and it's by the same Batman that was in this this recent. Oh, Kevin Conroy. Okay, and by the way, he he's referring to the film "Dying Is Easy." It's about a twenty five minute fan film. Extremely well done, super well written. Um, it's worth twenty minutes of your time if you're a fan of Batman and the Joker because that's what it centers around. William, what was better for you? Well, I I'll echo everything Kaneda said. Um, with some additions, I guess. Uh, I like the context. That, that they give like the characters like he was mentioning mm. like like you you now care about them because you have like a window into their lives um you see flash like in like his slow motion sort of like oh i really like iris <laughs> she's really pretty like i, I have and to say her yeah um you, you get cyborg's backstory which again I, I i'm also one of the people that's like he's a teen titan why is he with the adults yeah um sort of sort of person so uh, i like that they changed steppenwolf <laughs> uh, i like this mm-hmm. costume uh, his his visual a lot better um more menacing this one i think um and i liked that they included actual like scenes or glimpses of uh, apocalypse um i In think dark because side, yeah yeah because dc is trying to play catch up so bad with Marvel and it's so, so evident in everything they do where they try to shove like four Marvel movies worth of character development and plot 
mm-hmm. um, into like one of their films every, every time they release one that you don't you don't have time for a slow burn you don't have time for like dropping Darkseid's name in the Justice League movie you have to show me Darkseid because of everything you've done to this point you've rushed everything else just show me the giant gray man mm-hmm. and get on with it show me Dasad show me Granny Goodness what have you but like this isn't a tease anymore like you're, you're not doing a tease you're 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 giving me what I want yeah and and, and like you said making dark side the main villain the big bad like the Thanos to a Steppenwolf's low-key was a good change uh the entire resurrection of Superman was explained so much better like the reasons for resurrecting him the reasons that the mother box is activated okay, his death actually initiated the activation of the mother boxes. That's great. And it started with the very first scene of the movie where his death activates the mother boxes. I was like, this makes so much more sense. Like he did a great job of connecting so many things in the plot that were like threads that were just barely dangled in front of the audience. And they were supposed to make all these connections. And you could maybe argue this movie is maybe overly connected or takes too much time pulling on some of those strings, but it does a great job of just making a coherent story, which I thought was the best part about it. That was probably my biggest mention. It's like, okay, I understand so much more about what I saw the first time with context, as you said, that I didn't understand, um, that I didn't understand previously. I think that's the, the point. That was the point of the four hours thing. Cause I know people, a lot of people are like having a problem with like, well, this could never be released in theaters. It's four hours and so forth. And I think a lot of the reason that it is four hours is because in addition to Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman that you've already had their own movies, you're also having to cram in the origin stories of like three other heroes yeah. into, into this other plot line, like as, as side side quests, as it were. One of the other things too, is they really emphasize the strength and power of Superman. Like if it wasn't clear enough in the first movie, which it was, He's like basically a god in this movie, the way they treat him. And I thought that was interesting that like they made clear that Superman is one of the most powerful beings in this universe. And I didn't necessarily get that from the first movie. Like it was like, oh, we need Superman back so we can win. But they never really explained why. And they straight up say in this one, he's the only one that can beat Steppenwolf. And I was like, oh, and that leads me to probably one of my changes that I didn't like was I did not like the ease with which he defeated Steppenwolf. Mm. Like I wanted a little bit of drama in that battle, just a little because Stephen Wolf beats all of the other Justice League members so easily. And then Superman, it's like, wham, bam, he's gone. It's like, so that was probably one of the few changes that I did not care for. One other one that I'll add is they went back with Junkie XL's score away from the Danny Elfman score. And I did not like the new score because y'all know how nerdy I am with my music. Both of you know me well <laughs> enough to know that. I, did, I preferred the Danny Elfman score, which you can never really go wrong with the Danny Elfman score anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think Junkie XL had some great contributions, but I did not like his score as much as the score of the original movie. So that's that's one change that I didn't care for. Um, yeah. So any other changes that y'all didn't think were as good or didn't like as much? All right, I'll, I'll veer into it. Um, how did he forget which planet he was on? <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I don't even know what really what he's talking about. Um, I Because, you know, I mean, I didn't even know what the mother boxes were until I saw Justice League. Yeah. But, what is the 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 formula or the anti anti life equation? The anti life equation. It's on the, Earth. I was like, yeah, that was weird to me. It's like, how, wait, wait, you don't remember the only planet where you lost a fight? 
Yeah, where you got an axe in the shoulder. I was like, <laughs> that kind of makes Dark Side look a little. Uh, he could he could benefit from some micromanaging a little bit. <laughs> I thought that. Did you notice that too, William? Because I thought that too. I was like, how does he not remember where Anti Life was? He's he's a big picture guy. He's not. He doesn't get into uh, details. Uh, but yeah, even his armor, like his armor reflects that he still has that, like that yeah. marking where the axe went in. <laughs> yes. It's like, he hasn't changed his armor. Like, you know what happened. Like, you, you, you could have changed armor anytime you wanted. And you kept it there to remind you, these people are a pain and I need to deal with them. Yeah, I would have gotten, a, like, I would have gotten rid of the armor. You know, somebody who's likes to, you know very past mistakes i'm like i'm not keeping that around <laughs> it's like him and thanos thanos keeps like the fried gauntlet like hanging up as a trophy like what's with these weird people <laughs> now this gets back to what i said earlier though um one of the improvements i did not like was two of the lines that i thought were really good were taken out i loved the i hear you can talk to fish line i know that is so josh weedney and that might be in the minority but i thought that line was so good and i think it would have been okay in the context they put it in the movie the second one in is when Batman is talking to Barry Allen when he's nervous about saving people. And he says, save the first one, then save another. I thought that was a really good line mm-hmm. because Barry is not an experienced hero. And that line did have some grabbing weight to it. It wasn't necessarily intended to be witty. I thought that was one that should have been kept in the movie. Absolutely. I'm glad the uh, Wonder Woman line of I work with children at the end was cut. I was like, I don't remember what? that. I don't, even, I don't remember that. When they were kind of joking around at the end, he's just yeah. like, I work with children. Oh, yeah. Yes, I, I was do. Like, I was like, oh, God. Okay, yeah. And the, the the scene where they had Aquaman said in the Lasso of Truth. Yeah. Like, that was a good one to cut. Like, yeah, it was a little too much. And it, look, I laughed at it in the theater, but like, like you said, it was one of those that did not age well. You go back and watch it and you're like, eh. Yeah, and I also wanted to say Steppenwolf. Uh, just going back real quick, Steppenwolf was an improvement because in the in the in the Whedon or uh, Josh Whedon one, he was like a Buffy villain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I need I need somebody I need somebody who's imposing, and I also like the fact that Steppenwolf had a backstory that he was a failed. Yes. Yeah. He was he was he his his motivation was conquest second, redemption first. So. Yeah, and and see, like you said. <clears throat> It gives you, we talked about context. It gives you context for understanding his character. Why is he so motivated? And the fact that Dark Side isn't even interested in what he's doing. So that makes him even more <laughs> urgent. Because yeah. Dark Side's like, no, I don't, don't talk to me. When you when you have something to show me, talk to me. Something, something anti-life equation. Excuse me? What? Well, okay, okay, okay. I'm, 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 on the, I'm on the Zoom call now. So yeah, so like, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I would say this though. Extra length in a scene doesn't necessarily make every scene better. Uh, no, I the think, singing scene. Oh. <laughs> the A few scenes I thought of, the Diana scene at the, at the beginning of the movie, I didn't feel like adding extra length to that scene necessarily made that scene better. It didn't make it worse, but it didn't make it better. And there were some scenes that were just drawn out with length for the sake of length. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily need to see more about Commissioner Gordon and what he was doing. It didn't bother me, yeah. but that didn't really add a lot to the movie. Um, I liked Alfred. I liked I liked his extra. Now that was one that was good, as was the addition of the Martian Manhunter. Um, but like some of the scenes that were just more drawn out, like I didn't need to see what Lois was walking around and doing more. I didn't need to see more of that. I got enough of that already. So there were some things that you know he added length for the sake of length. And I think we also have to remember that the cut of the movie was originally came in about three and a half hours, and then he adds the 
post credit scene, which we're going to have to talk about. Um, mm. Raise your hand if you were confused by that scene, because I was. Am I the only one? And I had to go back and watch it like three times. A little bit. Not, not a lot, I, but a little bit. I wasn't because there. that's kind of the – essentially what it is is Injustice – Injustice and Injustice 2 video okay. games. I didn't realize Which is that. what okay. I would love to see in a movie. Yeah, so Lois Lane gets murdered by the Joker and Superman just goes full authoritarian. This is my planet now. You all live here. And it looks like it, 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 without, in the video game, without Darkseid's help, it almost seems like Superman has gotten to such a low point that Darkseid kind of influences pulling the That's strings. That's definitely what it looked like, yeah. The seven look like so um yeah um that's man if they go well they're not because the snyderverse is gone uh warner brothers has said that we're closing the chapter on this but if they went in that direction if they wanted to do something gritty and dark and really stand out if they want to build their universe on dystopian dcu wow there there was a moment because i i went through and like kept up with the injustice uh plot lines mm -hmm. like both in the comics and in the games like that i watched a, a youtube video of like all of the uh the cinematic scenes mm -hmm. scenes, yeah i do that too and like, yeah. and like watched it like watch the story unfold with like the between the fight scenes and uh, there was one scene that was like oh lord it was um shazam had either had failed superman he like he works as like one of superman's top lieutenants and he failed superman uh to let batman get away or something like that and Superman grabs him by the head, laser visions him, and you see you see it from the back of Shazam's head. So you see it initially, like the laser activates, and you see initially his hair just gets lighter and lighter until lasers come through. That Superman has like just bored through his entire super skull with his laser vision for failing him, and just drops his body. And it's like I, I don't I don't deal well with failure, and that's like this is a Superman that I'm interested in seeing on, on the screen because he's not a boy scout. He's not the, I have to do the right thing all the time uh, sort of guy. He's, he's a guy that's lost his mind and knows that he's powerful and more powerful than everything else in his vision. Yeah. I recommend the cutscenes and the cutscenes still better than some DCU movies. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. All right. So as we wrap, as we get ready to wrap this up, uh, how does this movie affect the DCEU moving forward, or does it? Because we and I have already talked about how the Batman is obviously going to take Batman in a totally different direction. It's not going to be related to this at all. We are both really excited about that movie, and then it got delayed, along with Dune, which I'm still pissed about. I'll try to avoid my rant. How does this affect the DCEU moving forward, or does it? I guess in thinking about this, one of the things I thought about is, if this thing does as well as it has, because I know a lot of people that got HBO Max just to see this cut of the movie. I, I do. Will this be an avenue for director's cuts or long-form movies and storytelling in the future? And or does it kind of restore faith in Zack Snyder as a visionary? I've, I've heard that it would help the, uh, the filmmakers be more um, daring, I think, or like take more chances and creatively. Mm -hmm with uh with stuff moving forward when they can release it onto a streaming service and not be bound by the logistics of having to get a certain number of show times in a movie mm. theater in a given day to make the money back um i like that option because that gives both dc marvel and anybody else that wants to make really weird movies like green lights to be as weird as they can because their investment would be minimal 
and their payoff could be potentially very large. I think I'm I'm not I'm not really interested in the new Batman. Um, I'm going back. It was a it was a suspension of disbelief for Ben Affleck to be Batman. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. But it but it didn't the suspension didn't didn't test the tensile strength. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Edward Cullen <laughs> um, being Batman. I'm just like mm, no no sorry. I'm just I'm not buying it. Um, I think the DCU is kind of done at this point. Um, we found out that uh, Patty Jenkins cannot carry a movie by herself without Ooh. a good writer. And I haven't even seen Wonder Woman 2, and I know it's bad because I've, I've just heard clippets of it. And I'm like, you know what? My friend uh, uh, acquired <laughs> it through other means, and I don't even want to do I don't even want to watch that. And and so it's just like I don't think I don't see it going anywhere. Directed by Paul um, Feig. It's just oh, I'm just I, I don't think I think DCU is, is kind of done. I think Snyder kind. Well, I think to be honest with you, I think no one ruined the DCU because he did it kind of when Marvel was starting up, and no one was just such a good person to to do this mm-hmm. the, the Dark Knight trilogy, but it didn't right. lead into anywhere else. So DC's always had to play catch up. And I think their refusal to mm-hmm. to play the long game is, is finally caught up with them. And um, Wonder Woman doesn't carry the DCU oh. anymore after that movie. And let's let's see if Aquaman can. And I think and I think MCU has had. I think it's it's I think it's kind of trending down as well, to be honest with you. But I, I don't think yeah. DCU is going anywhere. I think what we've all seen <laughs> is that DC is better at making one-off movies. Just pick some of the best stories for your favorite characters and your most beloved characters and tell those stories as one-off movies. That That's, I mean, go tell the Darkest Night Saga as a Green Lantern movie instead of trying to make a Green Lantern universe. Go tell that as a Green Lantern movie. Go tell uh, The Court of Owls as a one-off Batman movie uh, or, or Red Hood. Good gosh, how much would we all love to see that? Oh, yeah. So like Joker, I've heard someone say if, if DCU just starts doing just alternative yeah. universe movies. Mm-hmm. And because I remember, I remember seeing the, the trailer for Joker. I was like, yeah, hard pass. And then there was some buzz about it. And then Georgia lost to South Carolina that year. So my brother and I are like, <laughs> all right, we're going to go see Joker. We need something to, we need something to shock the system. And my brother and I looked at each other at the end or we like, this is an extremely good movie. So <clears throat> I think DC's, if, if it wants to do this, maybe it, it just does its each movie is its own universe i think that is the most viable option for them because i'll say this the only hope they have is that they absolutely nail the flashpoint movie if they can nail a flashpoint movie that can reset all the other crappy stuff and they can actually converge all their timelines but it also gives them a way of explaining all of their one-off movies under one umbrella kind of like the marvel multiverse so i think if they can get flashpoint mm-hmm. right they can then do the spinoff one-off one-off movies and still bring it under the umbrella of their bigger universe. So I think we all agree. Justice League. That's a Hail Mary. It's a Hail Mary, but Justice League did not save the DCU or the DCU or whatever. It saved, I think it saved Zack Snyder. So. I definitely yeah. agree with that. It's like, this is what could have been. I think if DCU, if, if DC is going to make it forward, it's going to be, like we said, in mm-hmm. animated movies and in uh, their like live action television mm-hmm. show. Like that's the most... Yeah effective and entertaining crossovers they've had have been arrow flash 
Legends of Tomorrow, etc. Like that seems to be like the the I guess more Marvelish. It's more uh, lighthearted uh, adventure of the week sort of things, and that's that's where they shine. And I think that's where they need to focus and stop being so moody. I can see that. Although CW is having some problems with theirs, like Batwoman is done after season three, um, just because it's there's formulas there that just, they're they're trying to pander to an audience mm-hmm. that doesn't actually like nerd stuff. Mm-hmm. With that, that's what that a lot show of they the are. corporations are doing is they're pandering to Twitter audiences and not actual audiences. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's I've actually like started watching Superman and Lois, and so far really good. Yeah, they actually do Superman correctly. Hmm. Now I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for it to go crazy. I'm waiting for it to go, you know, Twitter, uh, Twitter appealing versus oh, Superman's an actual guy. Like they did Clark Kent right. He's kind of a dork. He's kind of geeky. Yeah. So I think I think DC, like you know, like William said, it's 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 in the small screen. Um, it's in independent films. It's in fandom films, and it's in animation. So, so. Conclusion, The Snyder Cut, definitely a better movie, not without its flaws. If you want to see some really cool visual updates, and they even did things like changing the color palette, lightning colors, things like that, that for me, as someone that's not too much into the aesthetics in that sense, didn't do a lot for me, but I know a lot of people did like that stuff. They definitely did a superior job fleshing out the motivations and backgrounds of the characters, explaining important plot points like the the genesis of the mother boxes, the motivation of characters like Stephen Wolf and Cyborg. And so overall, it is a superior movie in just about every form. A uh, little long still. <laughs> it took me, I think, three days to get through it. Three tries to get through it, or maybe two. Uh, <laughs> but in conclusion, I asked the question in the title of this, is it worth your time? And the answer, I think, is if you're a fan of these kind of movies, it's a yes. All right, guys, that's it for tonight. Uh, William, tell the people adios. Bye, everybody. Canada, tell the people adios. Smell you later. All right, this has been Dave Bethay for the title. Thanks for having me on, Dave. Oh, yes, thank you. Now, thank you for being with me tonight. This is going to be good. We're going to do this again. This has been Dave Bethay for the Title Run Podcast. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. <laughs>